Okay, and so we are live. Welcome to this Black Girl Podcast. Um, I am one of your hosts, Ola Miss Lola on IG. And I am one of your other lovely hosts, this at the at the Hill Diva on IG. Oh my goodness, I was gonna say this black girl podcast. <laughs> but um you can call me Hill Diva, that's fine. And we have a lovely guest today, a wonderful man who we would love for you guys to get to know. Yes. So his show is normally Lost for Words, and you can find it on most streaming platforms. But his name is also Jason. So if you'd like to share a bit about yourself with our audience, and we can start to get to know you a bit more. Hello to all the listeners. I, my name is Jason. I am from Glasgow in Scotland. Um, I'm 25. As the girls were saying, I have a podcast called Lost for Words. Um, but by day, I guess it's a double life, but by day I am a school teacher. But not just now because it's the summer holidays. So, yeah. So you're off now. You're free. Yeah, we're free, free. <laughs> oh, good for you. So you must have been doing the virtual school then over in Glasgow. Yeah, so we did it from, so when the pandemic first started um, in March last year, we did the virtual school until the end of the term, which was June. And then we had a winter lockdown. So we did the virtual schooling from January 2021. So we stopped at the Christmas holidays and then that was all the way through until the middle of March. So it's been a stop start a couple of years, but fingers crossed, um, Mm -hmm. back to normal now. Hopefully. I'm praying for it. (laughs) Praying for it. So um, before we get into more of the crazier topics, I wanted to ask you, can you share a little bit more about Lost for Words and the show itself? So the the idea behind it was, I guess it started during lockdown. I think I'd consumed a number of podcasts and thought, you know what, I would like to try it for myself. Um, And I thought being a teacher, I have no problems asking anyone questions. So why not have a go at asking people adults questions that I felt would have a story. So I guess for me, it was just a case of putting it together, thinking up guests that have a story that people would want to hear and maybe shining a platform for things that people may not know about, but would be quite interested in and maybe shocked. So I think the aim for me is just to have as many different types of guests as possible from all different backgrounds, um, different political beliefs, just different sides of the street so that you get a full flavour of what goes on in Scotland and beyond wow that is so deep i love that so (laughs) is it more um is the emphasis more on shock value for the particular guest that you have or is it more kind of like um alternative things or independent type of um you know businesses or this type thing or yes i would say i'm not i'm not in for the shock factor as such i think it's more i like to think of it as being more nuanced and deep I guess it would be more businesses. Like, for example, the one that was the most recent one was uh, like a youth work charity. So there's no shock factor there other than these people just trying to do good by the young people in our city. Um, and it's just things like that. It's more shining a light on a deep, mm. sometimes positive, sometimes negative story. That, mm. that, but it's like for the lockdown as well, I thought 
it helps me to get through and realize that your life is only one you're only one tiny speck in the big world so it's giving people an insight into other people's lives and stories no, I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I don't know. I guess I want to I wanna pivot, I guess, into that. And I'm trying to think of the best way to word it. But um, so exploring and meeting all of these different people, hearing different, you know, different lifestyles, different factors, political beliefs, like you said, has that in any way changed how you see not only just like the world but how you see yourself like has it changed your mind to certain topics or certain beliefs that maybe you used to hold but you don't hold it anymore i think it's definitely made me more tolerant and accepting of other beliefs i think interviewing people that you that i might disagree with say politically but their reason for feeling that way is as legit as my reason for not feeling that way um, and I think I've come a long way in coming to terms with that. Um, and I think as about me, other than that, it is more just making myself more aware of my contribution to the world and that my goings on, as I say, I'm just one small person. That It's made me more aware of other people have problems, other people have good things and bad things. And I'm just there. You're, you have to view yourself relative to the world. It's probably made me a bit more grounded, which I would say is a good thing, because sometimes I used to think to myself, I get caught up in my own thoughts, whereas it's nice to hear other people's thoughts and you can rationalise yourself against them. Yeah, wonderful. I love that. And it, and it shows that you're just open and you're not just willing to write someone off right away because of what you see. I mean, when I first saw you, Jason, I, I did not expect you to have an accent like that. I was shocked when I heard you talk. I was like, oh my goodness. Okay. And, and, and also you look kind of racially ambiguous as well. So I was like, okay, I wonder what his background is. So when you said you're half Scottish, was it half Jamaican the other side? Yeah, so my my dad is from Jamaica. So in the nineteen fifties, it's called so the the British Empire. They after the war, they had the boats from the Caribbean islands that take took people back over to rebuild the country after the wars. And my gran and granddad happened to be two of those people that were on the boats. Mm -hmm. They settled in London. They had my dad, my mum. My mum had lived in London, and then that they they got together and now i'm here so yeah that's i think yeah. that is really cool that you have a at least somewhat clear understanding of at least like one or two generations of your background because yeah. exactly a lot of a lot of um you know black people mixed people don't have a full comprehension of that especially like with the family tree like for sure where you came from why you came from there like my family is also Jamaican, but um, like there's a little mix of like British in there and Irish and whatever. But I don't always have the clear picture. I just know like what my mom knows and my mom knows what she was told from like her grandparents or her parents, yeah. right? But <laughs> that's really cool that you actually know like, no, they came from here and this is why. Exactly, exactly. I love it. I think that's really and awesome. 
Yeah, and one thing I was also um, going to ask you about was growing up. So, so you are both. So you're as a biracial child. You're both, you know, Irish and excuse me, Scottish, but you're also Jamaican. What are the two communities like in Glasgow? Do you find that there is like a thriving Caribbean community out there, or do you find that um, were you like the only child of um, multi-race or the only African? So there's not much of a scene. So my like I was raised and I've been raised in Glasgow, but my dad, my mum and dad were never really together. Um, she came up to have a child to raise me in Glasgow because she felt safer raising a child in Glasgow than London. So mm-hmm. I've got more of that, more of the Caribbean community in London because London's just a a melting pot for all creeds and colours mm-hmm. and sects. But up here, it's not so diverse. But it's never been an issue. I, I guess I've I've always seen myself as having my white life in Scotland and then my black life in London. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that's so different. But okay, so then you said it hasn't affected necessarily growing up, but you do admit that you have like a bit of a split life. Um, have you, because of your racial ambigu- ambiguousness, I need to ask this question because mm. there's a lot of microaggressions that sometimes white people like to say or like to do and they don't realize that like it's offensive or it's rude. Have you ever been in like an awkward situation where somebody says something kind of generic or stereotypical about, you know, black people and you're just like, no, honestly, not really, because it's not, Glasgow's a fairly tolerant city, okay. um, and I would probably get away with just being not quite black enough. I think the way I would describe myself is, if, if, I, if Scottish, people, Scottish people are very pale, because it's cold here, so if mm. the Scottish people go on holiday to Spain for a couple of weeks, they'll come back with a tan, I just look like that, I'm fairly caramel stroke mm. olive, so... You could look at me and think he's just got a nice tan, whereas <laughs> I'm maybe not quite dark enough to be profiled in that way. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. Yeah, no. Sorry, yeah it makes complete sense. <laughs> I was going to say that Lola has um, a beautiful daughter, my sweet little baby girl, and um, she's got the same skin tone. Like, she's very, very light skin tone. Shockingly light. Like, I think she's probably more of the lightest um, biracial children I've seen. She's so adorable. I usually blame that on the the bit of whiteness in my family. Because I'm like, <laughs> like yeah. what? Like a fifth? So how, how dark is her dad? Um, Not at all. Like, not at all, right. Very, very pale, very light skin, very <laughs> white. And so I guess yeah, she took the little bit of whiteness I had in myself and all the whiteness he had and just came out into a she ran <laughs> we call her we, we call her white skin she's a nice light skin whatever it's fine but yeah <laughs> but yeah it's definitely um a different landscape like that the community in glasgow than here so that's why we were asking about that because it's just interesting to know for example how much um caribbean culture and caribbean influence there even is in different countries um here in canada we have like it's it's grown so much since i was a girl i just remember growing up and being usually the only like one of two people two black people in my class 
And then as I got older, a lot more and more people started, I guess, coming to that particular area I lived in. And it, now it's like completely mixed, so mixed in Canada. And I yeah. wouldn't even call it a melting pot because I remember you um, referring to when you're in Lo London, kind of like a melting pot. But I feel like in Canada, we celebrate so much backgrounds. Like everyone's like, oh, I'm, you know, Jamaican Canadian. I'm uh, Bajan Canadian. I'm, you know, Italian Canadian. People are so proud of what they are. So it just, it, I feel here so much more fun, you know, when you meet people because it's kind of celebrated here, you know, whereas I don't feel like a lot of other Western countries celebrate as much. I don't know if you have an opinion on that. No, I would definitely say it isn't celebrated as much here. So if I had to go into the United Kingdom as a as a bigger um, area compared to Glasgow and Scotland, it's there are certainly racial undertones at play that are definitely you go back to like if you'd say example my grand and granddad that generation that came over on the boats were called the Windrush generation, um, and since that has happened, when they came over there was a lot of failing to document them being here sort of thing so they came over they'd worked for years and years and years and it got to the point where then they were old enough for a pension and because the state had never documented them they were sent back to jamaica so it's the opposite sometimes goes on of celebrating the cultures and that is probably one of my biggest gripes about this the united kingdom is it's not they don't celebrate these things enough when the contribution and society of Jamaicans, um, Cubans, any country you can name that have come here and have planted roots and have helped to make the society the privileged place that it is, they aren't celebrated enough. And it's it's probably one of the main failings of this country. That's fair. Ironically oh. enough, it's been put out in the news that the country of Jamaica is currently demanding reparations from the yeah. United Kingdom because yeah. of all of this. That's that's just so sad. Gosh, like I know. It it sounds funny to say, like me personally now, if somebody was like, go back to Jamaica, I'd be like, please, please, I'd love to go right yeah. now. <laughs> Enjoy the sun, weather, <laughs> and all of that stuff. But nobody realizes, like, okay, well, if you're there now in another country, you have to essentially start all over again. And yeah. that's exactly. the part that's so hard, where you just like you have to find a place to live, get a job or whatever, or take up farming or whatever choice that you have to make. But the whole point is you have to start all over again. And that, that sucks. But I think, see, comments like that, it's silly and it's throwaway. And I think it always says more about the person that is giving the comment than to the person that's receiving it. It's, it's almost a, I think it's mostly born out of jealousy because these things are said when, if you're the recipient of it, that person perceives you to have something that they want so you almost could take it as it shouldn't be said at all but it should be a compliment if they're saying they get you get back to jamaica it's because you're contributing something to the society that they aren't or that they wish you weren't that's my view anyway right. that's fair that's and that's interesting too because this topic actually also leads us to an interesting topic that happened this week um did you watch the game on sunday Yes, I was hoping you'd ask me about this. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. So the three black players on Team England who yeah. um apparently were subjected to a lot of racial slurs and harassment online. Um so what are your views on that? Did you watch the full game, everything? How did you feel? And um what has like the fallout been in Glasgow, if any if the government or anybody has made any comments about it? 
so I as, as soon as I was in my friend's house watching the game, and as soon as the three the three players had missed, I said to my friends, "Wait till you see the fallout from this," because the two white players scored the first two penalties, and then the three black boys have missed. And I say boys because they were young, the 23, 21 and 19, just yeah. kids, especially the last, uh, Saka, who's 19, that, to have the courage to go up and do it in the first place. Um, so the fallout from it has been insane, but it's, it's well merited. Uh, you see, it's just the, the ugly side of English culture, really. Um, luckily, we in Scotland are slightly separated and I, I like to think of us as being different. But it's the type of thing that it rears its ugly head and it rears its ugly head so often that it's not it's not a, an event anymore. It's this is the way people think. And it's right. that's really sad in itself. And this the, the, the boy Rashford, who's one of the players that missed. Um I don't know if you've seen all the stuff that he's done for children. Um he has raised I think two hundred million pounds to feed starving children in this country through the lockdown. And you just knew as, as soon as it's the type of thing where when the team are winning, the English national team are winning, it's it's all of us together. But when the three players missed, that's when the, it's, they win together, but they, when they lose, they need a scapegoat. And it just happened to be the racial stereotype that got trotted out. Yeah, it's right. such a shame. It really is such a shame. Like, I know yeah, the yeah. Prime Minister condemned the actions. I know, like... Prince, even Prince William made a statement or whatever, but like the only, I guess the only moment that I saw, at least on social media, was from Saka's hometown because somebody had vandalized his mural and yeah. somebody saw it, came across, they covered it up and then like everybody from the town was putting like all these positive uplifting messages, leaving him cards and stuff, which I thought was like, that was really heartwarming to see that even though there are the, the angry intolerant miserable minority that probably can't even kick a football let alone score a goal be the loudest sometimes unfortunately for these players so, so true and i hear that a lot of it too sometimes it's um sorry <laughs> i was just gonna say a lot of times like it ruins their careers so that's the saddest part too like to be young as 19 and to potentially have your career ruined because of racism and because of how serious these people take these sports i, I would hate to see that happen for him but see yeah. as well that against the backdrop so at this the start of the tournament as you'll know the, the black lives matter they they do the taking the knee at the start of the games so if we if we rewound to the, the start of the tournament, the Prime Minister and the Home Secretary in this country, so she'd be the person that's in charge of like foreign relations and diplomatic ties with other countries. She's in charge of immigration. Mm -hmm. This woman's name is Priti Patel. So Priti Patel at the start of the tournament had said that the England players who were taking a knee, it was a political gesture and she encouraged people to boo. And this is the home secretary. Wow. She's also she's an, she's an Asian woman as well. Look her up. She's she's brown skin. She's darker skin than me. Wow. Yeah. So she's she was she was telling people they had every right to boo taking the knee, and then she after the game tweeted out saying it's disgusting that people give these boys racist abuse, and one of the England players actually replied to her saying. No, no, no! You can't, you can't stoke the fire at the start of the, the tournament and then 
pretend to be angry when the exact thing that we're campaigning against happens. Yeah. So no. that's the type of the, the government, in my opinion, exactly. people would disagree. That's fair. But the, gov- the government, in my opinion, mm-hmm. they, they create the environment for these people to, to, to thrive. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I agree. That's a shame. Well, hopefully, I'm hoping that it doesn't hurt like those it doesn't hurt their self-esteem that they continue to flourish because a lot of people and especially a lot of sports fans in general they tend to forget like be happy you were even in the finals be happy you were even in the finals to just happen to lose right and it's sometimes a, a game of chance like they're professional athletes, yes, but they're also playing against other professional athletes. This isn't like a computer program. This isn't something that could, oh, if you switched one wire, you would have won. Like, it's just, it is a game of chance. And that's the chance when you participate. You're either going to win or you're going to lose. And unfortunately, England was the country to lose. But they should be proud and be happy in celebrating these players for even being in the finals to begin with. So Yeah. For sure. For sure. And I was also going to add to that. Um, I'm very surprised at um, that woman that you just mentioned, Prati Patel or, or whatever her name is. Sorry. Yeah, Either way. Um, yeah. Like I'm very just shocked that someone, the member of government could openly condemn, uh, you know, someone who's standing up for racial equality like i'm very shocked because over here on the west in the west over here um it's been such a a large wave of you know diversity and inclusion um a lot of companies are now respecting you know that the fact that black people they're, they're recognizing that the fact that black people have for a long time um you know been in the back seat and they're trying hard to kind of repair those ties and at least, or at least make it seem like they're trying to. So yeah. for you guys to still be back in time, it feels so just primal to hear that, that, that someone who's in government is openly speaking against racial equality. Like that's shocking to me. So wow. yeah, and I it's, don't know. It's, it's just that people, so even if people had the will to improve, and I, th- I guess that she is only one person, but she is one person that happens to be in charge of immigration and foreign policy in this country. She is an extremely powerful lady. So for her to be as stoking the fire, so open, leaving the door open to people like bringing up their ugliness and their boon, like as you say, she was a living and practically encouraging men exactly. to, to, boo. to boo, yeah, to, to, to show a distaste for multiracial athletes who are trying to make a stand against racism and it's how can the how can we as a country move on when that's the people that are in charge it's i don't want to sound like i'm bashing them but that see if you say things like that and you're in that position it's how can you help it's wrong and she's that's the, the this is the thing she is a second or third generation immigrant herself which is mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's very cliche, but it's, you're lost for words talking about it. There's no, there's how can you even comprehend the logic? I feel like though personally, there is a disconnect with certain other races sometimes when they are not black. So you mentioned like she's an Asian woman, and I know especially like here on this side of the pond, there's been 
a lot of hate against Asian people as well, especially with COVID and coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I, I, I don't want to call it like, it's not a struggle wars. Who's been struggling more? Was it the black people or the Asian people or the Irish people or whatever? Like everybody has their own plight one way or another. And I just feel like it's sad when there's that lack of empathy or that lack of understanding because they've had their own personal issues or their own personal struggles. Because um, I've always, I always hear, unfortunately, sometimes from other races that it's like, well, slavery was a long time ago. We're having, like, there's people beating up Asian people in the streets right now. And it's like, that is also accurate and valid, but there's also black people dying every day. And there's still a lot of black people that are suffering from systemic racism from that 400 years ago. Like, so, so what are we gonna relate or or what's gonna happen here with this? Like, and I, I think it's everybody should be playing for the same team though. It isn't a, I don't, yeah, it's not a case of right, we're more oppressed than you, as you say, it isn't a, we need, yeah, we do this for us more than we than we do it for you. Everybody, equality should be the the, the end goal. Exactly, I, I definitely agree. But um, yeah, so do I. But I think we should perhaps maybe pivot from the subject because we could we could talk about this forever. That's the yeah. only thing we can talk about. <laughs> but um, I want to get into, I guess, the meat and potatoes of us all linking here. Um, I do want to ask kind of more in towards the dating and relationship space. Um, you did uh, specify that you are a bit young. You're a bit younger than us, just to say. Right. Um, <laughs> we don't look it because, you know, black don't cry. No, no. But <laughs> we are a bit younger or a bit older than you. Um, and I want to ask, I guess, especially with COVID going on, how, how, like, first of all, are you single, yay or nay? No, no. No. So you're in a relationship right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how long has this relationship been? Been. Um, just under a year, I would say. Yeah, just under a year. So you got into this relationship during during COVID, during quarantine. During during the the, the window last year when things were open. Woo! So in the time between things opening back up and closing back down. Okay, so you went snatched up this person real quick. And you're like, you're my <laughs> <laughs> You wasted no time. Snatched with the quickness. Because <laughs> my question was going to be like, how, um, well, I guess I could still kind of ask it. Like, how has it been dating while in quarantine? Because like over here, it for a while, it was don't see anybody. And if you are going to be around people, it's people you're trapped in the house with. So a exactly. lot of couples were either not seeing each other for long periods of time or stuck together for a lot of long periods of time. I would say that the same thing happened here in terms of you had the two extremes. There wasn't really anything in the middle. You were, you either had the people who stood by the rules to the to the, the letter or you had the people yeah. that were just openly going out and doing their own thing anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I don't think there was much, but there wasn't really space to, to come and go, as you say. And there were either couples that sticks stayed to get lived together. There were couples. I have a couple of friends who don't live together, um, or didn't at the time. Sorry, and didn't see each other for weeks. Did totally stuck to the rules. And you think, geez, fair play to you. But um, I mean, I would question his love. I'm 
Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, for me, I could not spend the whole of quarantine. Like, I don't have enough batteries for that. To not see my, my parts of the whole. I don't know, man. I mean, in the beginning of quarantine, definitely. When in, like, end of 2019, when it first broke out. But, like, as it got to, like, the end of 2020, it was more relaxed. People, when people started getting vaccinated and stuff, like, that helped, too, you know. So, I mean, I don't know, man. To not see, I don't know if I could do that. I'd be very upset. I think there was a definitely a known difference between, so say you had lockdown one, which was March to June 2020 versus yeah. lockdown two, which was January this year to March, April. I think by the time you got to this year, people had already been through the cycle before. Um, the virus yeah. was known. That there's less for, less of a fear when you know what's in front of you. So I definitely say as time's gone on, people sticking to the rules has lessened off and that's translated into dating. Yeah. Uh, but for me yeah, personally at, at the time, oh, sorry, go, go, go. Tell, tell us about your date. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not big. I was just gonna say I had I had went on um not a date, sorry, but one dating app in the beginning of COVID. And I remember a guy had just said, you know, first question, are you willing to meet up? And I'm like, no, you know. And then he's like, sorry, I want someone who's not scared. Boom. And I was just like, wow, like you either had the extreme people like that who just wanted to meet and didn't give a damn. And but I found the majority of people were kind of um like minded here in Canada. Like a lot of people were, were legitimately kind of worried, but uh, you said your experience. I'd like to hear about that. So me, I, I think the first time being single through the first one, I didn't really bother because I was getting, I was still doing the virtual teaching to begin with. And mm. I was quite content. It was all new. It was interesting. I think the main rush that I got, we weren't supposed to see our friends, but I think me and my friends continued to see each other. And that was our sort of, we were all, I think we were all mainly single. So that was our quite right. We could just, if we're all going to get, it was, we call it a bubble here. So you form a bubble. Yeah. We were a bubble with each other. So that was our, we didn't really have to, not that you didn't have to have a partner, but that's what, what got us through. Then I think you got to June, July time, things started to slowly open back up. Ventured back on to Tinder, I think it was, yeah, Tinder. And people were more willing to go out because the restrictions had been lifted um, mm -hmm. and then that's it Just started speaking to this girl went and met her um, but and then I think first met her September and quite quickly we started to notice right I think the Covid's going to get worse again so I thought quite like her we'll press ahead and get her before another lockdown hits I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's so, me being brutal. That's me being brutal. I don't know how much she would be enamored by me saying that, but that was that was my logic. <laughs> make sure we get her, get her, um, yeah, tied not tied down literally, but tied down before <laughs> um, lockdown wipes us out. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> and I'm assuming you guys are quite happy because you've been together for at least almost a year. Um, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
because so, I can't speak for her. <laughs> that is true. That is true. We're hoping, we're assuming that she's happy because you seem like a nice guy. You seem well grounded. Yeah. You know, you work as a teacher. Like you, you're just checking off all the nice, the good guys. You know. So um, yes. I guess. Are you guys living together now? Or are you no, still no, not not living together. So she lives. Okay. She lives in a different city. So okay. she lives maybe half an hour away. Oh, that's not bad. But no, not too bad. Not too mm. bad. Okay, and then I'm I'm assuming you guys see each other at least as frequently as restrictions would allow. As frequently as restrictions. So, so the restrictions include you're allowed to form a again bubble with right. um an, a non-cohabiting partner, I believe the term it is. So me and her are allowed to see each other regardless. Um but I guess I've been able to see her more because I'm a teacher and I've got the time off. Okay. Um I don't think she'll be she's not too chuffed with the COVID, but that's that's mm-hmm. she, I'm sure she'll survive. Um, five or six days of not seeing me, I would hope. Well, listen, I, think, <laughs> I think most normal people could hopefully survive like a week, you know. Yeah. Um, and I guess okay, I'm going to ask you this question because I asked our last guest this question. It was very interesting. Um, what was I guess aside from lockdowns and pr- time crunches, what was the deciding factor for you to decide like? this is my person like what what were those because you said like you liked her well enough what were those things that you liked about her so in terms of like my this sounds really basic that might sound really terrible but it's like number one question is she is she going to turn into a bitch and i was quite quite content that the <laughs> answer was going to be no she, she's quite level-headed mm. Um, she doesn't get too high with the highs or too lows with too low with the lows, okay. which appeals to me because I probably, I say, I would say I'm 25. I'm just about. I'm probably too old to be involved in a lot of drama, um, but I still. I like to think of myself as young enough to, to still want to go out and do things and have fun. So yeah. finding someone that was aligned with me that way. So she's she's fairly i see her as someone who's on the same boat mm-hmm. and that helps so she's yeah in terms of there wouldn't be a personality clash because i would say i don't think i'm the easiest person to be with because i don't need a lot of reassurance or deep emotional connection i'm easy easy ozy um, and i need to make sure that mm-hmm. she isn't someone who he needs that deep validation. Does that make sense? I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging no, it. But... That makes that makes perfect sense. I actually find yeah. it really interesting that like you're self-aware to know that you don't need certain like deeper emotional things. Like because some women exactly. I don't want to use the term needy, but some women need that. Some women need that reassurance to be like, Do you love me, baby? Do you like this? Am I happy? And then exactly. you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See that that would completely alienate me and rub me the wrong way. So I'm quite open with people that I'm dating and tell them if you're like that, then that's this probably isn't going to work because I am very independent and I think any partner for me has to complement that rather than become a part does that make sense that yeah it's an addition of me rather than a fully fledged sort of conjoined twin part of me exactly (laughs) growing out of the shoulder (laughs) (laughs) 
That's so funny. And it's true. Like you still have to maintain your independence in a relationship. Like I'm definitely the same way. Now, do you feel like um, the type of personality that you are, you said, you know, you're still young enough to go out and enjoy yourself. Do you particularly like a woman that's extrovert or are you more drawn to an introvert type person? That's a good question. Probably, I would say slightly more introvert because I think extrovert, as you get older, becomes problematic. I would say, like, if I think of myself five years ago, I think extroverts, I think if you're extrovert, you've more, I sometimes think they display more of the traits of needing to be loved and needing to be accepted by a group of people. Whereas I think if you're introverted, as you get older, you're more content and happy with your, like, I've got my lot and I am fine. And I probably find that easier to be with someone who isn't seeking other sources of attention. Does that, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No outward validation. That makes complete sense. And it's like introverts are like the lone wolf. So they're not depending on any kind of support or, you know, all the time. At least. Yeah. Well, like they're definitely the type of people who can be completely satisfied being by themselves. It's or they, it's just like they or compared to an extrovert that's like, I need a group of people or I need like my circle of friends in order to feel entertained or happy. And then there's exactly. some people that are kind of in the middle, like myself. I, I used to think I was very extroverted and I found that I'm actually more ambivert, which is like a bit of both, where it's like, I can hang with the group, we can have fun, it could be all, but then other times I'm just like, I need to be by myself. (laughs) So what effect, like, would you say then, if you're ambivert and you've got that bit of extrovert in you, what effect does, like, being locked down and stuck inside have for that? Um... I mean, it. I, I get the cabin fever sometimes where I'm like, I need to go somewhere. I need to go on a vacation. I need to, you know, or I need to do something. But I tend to kind of get that out in crafting, like for myself. Like I do a lot of crafts. I have like my own separate business from my day job. And so any of those types of urges to do like to do something, I usually put it out in being like creative, whether it's making shirts, designing nails, like filling orders, doing doing whatever. So, and then the other times where I am very introverted and just like, I'm cool with being by myself, I am self care mode, face masks and everything. Like mm-hmm. he'll even knows. I'm always telling her, do it. She's like, I don't have time. I don't have time. <laughs> I know. She's like her skin routine is on lock. I'm telling you, there was a lockdown before lockdown on her skin routine. Like she did not play. <laughs> Trust I, me. I literally have a fridge for all of my skin, like skin serums and stuff like that. A fridge for skin stuff. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm very passionate it's... about my skin. <laughs> yes, they're her babies. They're yeah. her babies, honestly, and. And your skin looks amazing, by the way. Okay. I honestly, I wish I could have the, the like self dedication that she has to just sit and do all that. I just, I'm the type to just want to like book a facial and just go to somebody or something. But like every day, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I can't remember all the, the different stuff. Um, but she's gonna turn me on to something. I'm gonna come to you for something soon. Okay. I was gonna ask what, um, 
Mr. Jason, I was going to ask you what were you doing mainly during lockdown since, um, you know, I know you were teaching, but how did you unwind? Because I know a lot of people had burnout. Like there was, there should have been parental burnout for teachers because I was like telling my friends that were teachers, like whatever they're paying you, triple it. Because since my kids have been <laughs> home with me all day, when they were supposed Accurate. to be with you, like Accurate. this is, is ludicrous. <laughs> I was going to say, can we pause for one second? Because I just want to say, as a teacher that is dedicated to educating young minds, encouraging them, because, like, yes. we both have kids, and, like, you hear the online learning in the background, and you hear the amount of care and patience that teachers have. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher yourself, I want to thank you for it, because I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. So I appreciate the work that you do and the Trust effort that's being put in yeah. through all teachers during lockdown because it's a skill that I don't possess. Oh yeah. Or, well, on, if, if I speak in my if, as a spokesperson of all teachers, thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, you guys deserve a shrine. There needs to be a shrine for like the great pandemic of 2020, like. Honestly, there needs to be a shrine for all the teachers, nurses, doctors, frontline workers. Like, Accurate. this was such a paranoia filled time. And unlike anything, you know, the modern um, population has seen. So, you know, besides, I would say SARS. And this was even worse because we actually literally locked down for extended periods of time, kids getting pulled out of school. And that used to be my secret, like, nightmare my armageddon like what if there was no school system i swear to god i thought that one day and then boom like a year later covid hit i'm like why i feel like i jinxed that i don't know Girl, you manifested <laughs> covid19 is that what you're saying i, I don't i don't even want to say it or put it out there but i think i'm mad don't come for me don't come for me <laughs> speak it believe it receive it oh my gosh Exactly. <laughs> so what were you doing? What were you speaking, believing and receiving in lockdown? <laughs> so my so my big thing was I pretty much taught myself how to cook was the the, the big thing for me. Nice. So I had for years I had a slow cooker and I'd never used it. And I knew so my mum, God rest her soul, so she she passed away three and a half years ago and she had this oh. she had this little black book. That was slow cooker recipes and i thought do you know what this is the time to i've got the time now to teach myself so i mainly did that to be honest so slow cooker recipes um just learning how to cook i had managed to get a lot of fitness equipment for the house which so i was able to still exercise and stuff like that but i would say definitely the cooking was the big thing oh my God. um yeah, that was that was. Uh, I'd spent a lot more time doing that than I would have had been in work and having to do work things in the house. For sure, that was I mean, yeah. I first yeah. want to say like I'm. Apparently, I'm, a lot of people. My, our deepest condolences. For no, 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 for sure. Because mm -hmm. I love my mom. I don't know what I'd do without <laughs> her. And you are a lot younger than us, so it's like at my big big age if i did not have my mom i'd lose my mind and so i feel for you not in a in a pitiful way but in like oh like i'm sorry you know um but it's okay, I'm glad. It's okay. thank you thank you i'm sorry but yeah. i'm mm -hmm. glad but, but kudos to you for the cooking because i was gonna say yeah that's amazing a lot of people been baking bread though i was i thought you were gonna say <laughs> banana the banana bread, bread. <laughs> <Everyone> <laughs> <does>. <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you got a chance to like explore all of those recipes and you had something to kind of like, like connect with her in that kind of sense. And I think that's like really sweet mm -hmm. and very heartwarming. And I love a I love a good slow cooker recipe. I find them super convenient. You can yeah. it then even from the night before or the morning, and then you can leave your house and come back home in the evening, and you have like the perfect meal. Yeah, as as thank it's, you. That's exactly it. Yeah, it's, it was it was the it was quite wholesome, and um, I would never eat. Um, like chili or curry in another way now because it's the slow cooker's the way to go for it. Game changer. Game changer. <laughs> yeah, massively. Curry chicken in the yeah, slow cooker. Like oh. Chef, chef kiss. Yeah, chef kiss. Oh, <laughs> <every day. laughs> I was gonna say I bet a lot of men um, have learned to cook now because of COVID. So like all of these future generations can thank COVID for their husbands knowing how to cook because so many men were left to fend for themselves, right? So <laughs> your girlfriend's lucky. You got a good one. <laughs> so, okay. So kind of pivoting back, we were talking about relationships. So like you and your partner, you guys don't live together, but you guys see each other within reason. Um, and you guys have yourselves as like a bubble and you told us why you like her and stuff, which is really cute. Um, my question to you is what would be like a deal breaker for you? I know you said that if a woman is very kind of like needing, needing reassurance that it turns you off because that's not the type of person you are, but like what else would be, a, I guess, a deal breaker for you? Oh, good question. So I, I would say, I don't think I could be with someone that smoked, which sounds terrible, right? And I admit, because it's everybody's a personal choice, but because, like, as I was saying about my mum, she had a lung condition. So I I couldn't then be with someone who was willingly, just not destroying, but willingly put themselves at, at harm in the way that, that was something that meant something to me. I don't want to go on about that, like, cause it's not, it's not in a... But it's just, it would be like a, no, that's it's just, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. And that's and not even, it's not even a reflection true. on them. That's just my own. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, I used to be the same. Yeah, I used to be the exact same because I didn't even care about anything specific. I just didn't like the smell of cigarette smoke. I could not stand, yeah. I would not date someone who smoked cigarettes. Yeah. But I mean, but then weed, for some reason, weed didn't bother me. I just... So I, you know what I mean? So it, that's a very good reason. And it's a very, you know, touchy reason. So that makes complete sense, you know, and it's your preference. Yeah, absolutely valid. I guess. Okay. So then to, to lighten it up, then what would be <laughs> a more, I guess, superficial uh, deal breaker or turn off for you then? A turn off? Ooh. Yeah. Something that's more superficial. Like for me, I can't unfortunately date short men. Right, okay. <laughs> well, how, how short is short? Well, to put in perspective, I'm five foot ten. So a hundred right, oh, and yeah, 170 centimeters. So or I don't know, one seventy-five, I think. So I'm I'm fairly tall. I'm a very tall woman and I prefer men that are taller than me. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> six foot and beyond. Um something more superficial. I don't think I could date someone who was really, really badly out of shape or obese. Okay. But I just um that makes me sound terrible, but it's my truthful answer. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. 
Um, because I again value, I think keeping yourself reasonably fit is a it's, it's good for you. And my like background before I was a teacher, um, I did a, like a, I qualified as a PE teacher before that. So sport and fitness has always been part of my life. Does that make that mm-hmm. that make that's probably my superficial thing. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, my superficial thing is not even really superficial. It's like, if you don't go down, don't go down. Like, sorry, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's not even like a, you can't really see, you know, and tell if somebody is my type, but it's it's more of a, like a philosophy. What's the philosophy about going down? <laughs> you know? That's fair enough, fair enough. If you don't go down, <laughs> you can't come around. Like, that's, that's what yeah, it is. Down. And Mr. Brown. It is what <laughs> yeah. it is. It is what it is. So yeah. what, what, like, what, what's, what would you do if that happened? Like, what's, what's the, what happens then? What's the conversation that would need to take place? Oh, so you're saying if I, if I'm having that conversation, like, hey, do you go down? And they yeah, say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, then I say, okay, nice. It was nice. Nice meeting you. Take care. Gotta go. Like, there's nothing more to say. There's really nothing more to say. And then, I mean, the answer, I guess, you know what I mean? Like, it's more, I just end it right away. I don't waste my time. I don't have time to waste. I wouldn't want to waste anyone else's time. So I'm just like, got to go. And then they're usually like, what? Really? I'm like, yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like, that's life. It's part of life. That's it. You know, it's, it's just like if you don't like, like, you know, you don't like tomatoes on your sandwich, no problem. I like my tomatoes well uh, minced. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how the metaphor here didn't work out, but uh, I tried. <laughs> no, we get it. I don't know. It's but I was gonna say too. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. No, no, no. Go, no. go, go. <laughs> okay, I was actually gonna ask just as a final question um, about your podcast, Lost for Words. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to say you said it so quickly in the beginning with your accent that I was. It sounded like you said La Favor, and I'm like, what? <laughs> And then I had, but I can see your um your little avatar here that says Lost for Words. It's so it's a nice little logo. But my final question kind of was, was there some kind of stereotype um, or previous preconceived notion that you had um, going into a particular interview with a particular person, and um, that you were completely shocked? Like, were you expecting someone to be a certain way who then you know opened your eyes? Um, what what would, and what would that be like? Your most memorable guest or moment? kind of thing um well i would say so there's one interview where i um i, I, would, I don't know politically wise but I, I would say i'm not a conservative and there was a man who came on who was a conservative and he was telling me about his reasons for being a conservative and his background so one of the if you think about our city so the like the west end of glasgow is far more affluent than the east end where i am from and he was basically telling me about his life story he was in the marines and the the naval air force sorry and the the only reason he represented our area was because his party decided he wasn't posh enough to represent the posh area Wow, thought, that's, geez, that's quite interesting. It's quite interesting. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. My preconceived notion of what conservatives are was totally blown away by him being basically admitting, I only represent you because the party decided I wasn't posh enough to represent the posh people. Wow. 
That's dry. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. That is crazy. That is extremely crazy. And then it shows you that po political motives are not always, oh, because of my beliefs. This man just wanted to get his bag. He's like, they won't let me get the bag over there. So I'm going to go get that bag or money, you know, with you guys. You know what I mean? So, like, how how dedicated is he to his party? You know what I mean? So, that's a shame. Truly, truly. Mm. That's, wow. That's as graceful. And that's he, amazing. Said that, that's he said that in 4K on your show? <laughs> he said, he said, yeah, he was quite, quite open about it. That he was, yeah, the, the, the party didn't feel he was... He was quite posh enough to represent the posh area. Therefore, he was brought to our area because they felt his story would resonate better with the people. Well, so, right. to put it put it politely, yeah, he wasn't posh oh, enough. Oh, I see. I see. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, You're too poor to get people on board our team. <laughs> You're not rich enough for the rich people. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Oh my yeah. god. Pretty, pretty, basically, that is what happened. Yikes. Wow. Well, we are almost at time, so I'm going to kindly ask for you to sh just share again with our audience, like where they can find your episodes, where they can find the podcast Lost for Words and connect with you on social media. So Lost for Words is available on most major streaming platforms. I don't think it's unavailable on any of them, as far as I know. Um, you can connect with the podcast on Twitter and Instagram is at Lost for Words Pod with P O D at the end. Um, if you want to follow me, my own Instagram is at um, I R V N J A Y, and I mainly post pictures of going hill walking. So if you want to see a bit of Scotland, hit me up. Um, you're more welcome. But no, um, yeah, podcast is at Lost for Words Pod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We love connecting yes, with you. And, you know, hearing about, about more about your life, more about like just experiences, especially in Scotland. It is a beautiful place I hope to eventually reach. And if I do, I know I have a friend to be like, hey. We <laughs> are more than welcome. And thanks. Thank you so much <laughs> yeah. for having me. I love it. Didn't they shoot the Lord of the Rings?